Hello, hello, and welcome to the Gardner Carney Leadership Institute podcast. The GCLI has developed a pedagogy of leadership which combines brain science, leadership studies, cultural competency, and developmental psychology. Its mission is to teach teachers to teach leadership to students. This is your go-to podcast for discussions, tips, and stories for leadership and leadership education. And I am your host, Catherine Birdie, but please call me Birdie. Our world is in dire need of people just like you, people who are committed to building communities of leaders, young and old. So let's get busy leading the next generation of leaders, and thank you for joining us. Hello, GCLI. Welcome to the podcast. Today's guest is an expert communicator turned teacher. She has a degree from Syracuse University's Newhouse School of Public Communications. She has written and edited for magazines such as Elle, Glamour, Cosmopolitan, Seventeen, and Shape. She continues to do freelance uh, writing and editing, but she is also on her way to earning a master's of education in school leadership from the University of Pennsylvania. Without further ado, I would love to introduce you all to Erin Remel Clements. Thank you. I'm such a fan of the podcast, so I'm excited to be here today. I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, let's let's do this. Let's have you give a introduction of yourself. Tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you do it. Yeah, sure. Um, so I came back to my alma mater, Gwynedd Mercy, uh, in 2020 as the director of alumni engagement um, from a totally different career in journalism. I was living in New York City, working in magazines, and decided to make my way back home. Uh, and so I, I really started just by doing, you know, the standard alumni engagement stuff, you know, uh, reunions, planning events, communications, um, handling our alumni association, which I, I love so much. Our alumni are truly so amazing. Uh, but then started to get really interested in some of the programming we do with our leadership program. And my colleague, Jen Granaccia, who I know has been on the podcast before um, and is a GCLI scholar, uh, and so she and I started talking a lot, and, and we started introducing these seminar periods into Gwedded when we changed our schedule, which was, um, I believe, the year of 21-22. And uh, we built in these seminar periods for all students, and one was going to be focused around leadership, um, and I was going to kind of help out a little bit with um, any kind of, you know, things that had to do with alumni, maybe bringing them in to mentor students or do mock interviews, things like that. And it, it has kind of grown since ah! then. Um, and so now I pretty much teach it like, you know, equally with Jen, um, which is super fun. Um, not something that I expected when I took on the role here, but something that I'm really glad came out of it. Um, and then after the first year of teaching seminar, I went to DCLI, uh, the leadership lab in Colorado. Uh, so that was two summers ago. And then this, like la this time last year, I had applied to Penn uh, for their uh, graduate uh, program for school leadership. And so I, I got in and now I'm almost halfway done with my program, which is I, crazy. I can't believe that. It really like, I know time is flying. I, well, first, how has the program been for you so far? It's been amazing. I came in with a lot of imposter syndrome, right? Because I came from a journalism background. I'm not uh, somebody who studied education uh, in college. 
I very much am a communicator. That is my strength. And um, so I, I, I did have a little bit of anxiety going in, thinking, am I going to be able to keep up? Um, am I going to know what everybody's talking about all the time? But by the end of my first weekend there, I really was um, kind of reassured that this was the right thing. Like everything that we were talking about was just so interesting to me. And, and it was funny because some of the same things that we talk about at GCLI had already been talked about. I knew more than some of my other <laughs> teammates on the topic, which was like validating. Um, so I, I, by the end of the first weekend, I was just sure I had made the right choice. And it's very, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's very overwhelming at times, but I have a fantastic little small team who I adore and the professors are fantastic and, and care about us, um, making sure that we are, you know, taking care of ourselves. And I, I truly love it. I think it's, it's, I'm learning something constantly and I couldn't be happier that I'm part of it. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, for those of you listening, we, we have done a, another podcast episode with Sarah Viveros, mm -hmm. who is also a recipient of a grant that the GCLI offers annually to interested students who um, who get into this program. So yes. congratulations. That's <laughs> awesome. I was, just, I was just talking to Sarah yesterday. We were at school yesterday because um, we're, we're at Penn one weekend a month. And uh, she asked me, have you done your podcast yet? And I said, no, but I know you did. I'm going <laughs> to do mine tomorrow. So um, we were just chatting. Well, it's it's really exciting for both the GCLI, and I know that you're getting a lot out of it, and the world will be better for you doing it. So thank you so much. Um, let's go with, um, I want to hear a little bit more about the seminar. I, I'll admit that when I was kind of prepping, I, I assumed that it was for older students, and I love that it is for all students. I I am committed to this idea that students need to learn how to lead and what leadership looks like where wherever they are, however old they are. So um, let's talk about that a little bit. How um, how does the seminar work and how do you how do you gauge it to make it age appropriate or developmentally appropriate? Yeah, and so well so this year it looks a little different than it has in the past two years. This is our third year of seminar period um, and my favorite iteration so far as well. Um, so the first two years we had all four grades mixed up in one session at a time, uh, which was not, um, we weren't capable of making it age appropriate, right? Because it was very much, we had to you know, talk equally to the 14 year olds and the 18 year olds. Um, and there is a big difference between them for sure. And it also gets redundant, right? For the older kids who may have heard some of the content before and that can be really difficult. So. For the first two years, we essentially, that happens over four periods of school over a two day, you know, kind of cycle. So um, we teach two periods a day uh, and the same content is for those like, you know, one day and the next day and then it switches. And so it used to be that we were teaching like what, once every other week, switching around with other departments, maybe college counseling, um, ministry of service, DEI. But now um, we've kind of readjusted that so that we're teaching pretty much every day uh, more consistently. And so the first quarter, the juniors were with me and Jen and the seniors were with college counseling because we figured that's the time that they need that content. And the freshmen were with school counseling because they were adjusting to you know, their new environment. And the sophomores were with health. 
So it's really um, kind of most of us who teach the most frequently, it's health, college counseling, school counseling, and leadership. And then we also have um, when we're not teaching, because we do get to take a little bit of time off, uh, we they get different content like DEI, ministry and service, um, financial literacy. Basically, also we're doing a new program this year called the Social Institute, which is um, focused on helping um, students kind of understand how to use social media and the news and, and what's going on in the world um, and kind of look at that with a, a critical lens and and understand how to use it properly. So wow. that our administrators actually handle that. So they are in the classroom with our principal or one of our deans learning about that. So there's a lot of content going on in Whoa. that seminar period. Yeah. Um, and then every once in a while, the kids will get a study hall, but that's not the norm. It used to be that they got a lot more study halls and a lot less content. Now, because we've split it up into quarters, it allows us to kind of really focus our content so now as of friday i've only had one session so far with them today and i have or um, as of today and then later i have two classes of freshmen so we had juniors last quarter freshmen this corner quarter sophomores and then uh seniors will be at the end or i'm sorry seniors are next and sophomores are at the end that's so awesome that is really awesome i especially love i mean i know it's it sounds like it's a different seminar but the fact that you guys are attending in real time to social media, the news, and all that's going on in our upside-down world. I think that's really great. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. Gwyneth really just, I mean, and I know I'll just go ahead and give another plug for the certification program that all of your faculty are going through. I think that's pretty amazing, too. Yeah, that's been really great and a, a wonderful way to, you know, when you come back from the leadership lab, you know, there were, I think there are seven of us who have gone um, and, you know, we, we all have this shared language and, you know, we're all excited and energized and then it's hard when not everybody else can truly feel it. Right. And, uh, it's been really nice to share that experience with people now as they finally can kind of say like, I get it. I know what you've been talking about for all these years. So, and truly, I think it, it, it is, um, having that shared language and some of the shared experiences, uh, when it comes back and is made manifest, it really is culture changing, game changing for schools. So again, another bright star in Gwyneth's um, cap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So when you're in the seminars, um, I know there's, you know, we have DCLI stuff that that might be in there, but um, in terms of thought leaders and um, in curriculum, what do you, what do you typically kind of focus on first or what kind of becomes primary to your curriculum? Yeah, so everything that we really ground our curriculum in all four years, freshmen through seniors, is Daniel Goleman, um, who's one of my favorite thought leaders in the space. Um, he really talks about emotional intelligence and how you know, cultivating those characteristics makes you a more successful leader. And it's funny, I'm actually doing my research paper for Penn on this as well, um, having to do with some of our leadership programming. But um, we introduce all of our students to his six characteristics of emotional intelligence, which are self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, communication, (laughs) empathy, and social skills. And so we really talk to them about, you know, what all of these, how all these tie into leadership, right? You, you may ask somebody, and I'm always so impressed when we ask our students, you know, what do you think of when you think of a leader? 
and they do say someone who's nice or someone who is a good you know organizer and, and can get people motivated and they they don't tell you someone who's bossy or someone who's really loud or the the fastest one on the field or you know the 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 person with the you know highest IQ they don't they don't say those things, um, and I think that's that's unique. You know, um, I think it's a it's a good mark of you know that what we're doing here at Gwinnett is already kind of seeping in. Even our freshmen will will say that, and they have not been prepped. <laughs> you know, and so uh, I I'm always really impressed by that. And then when we introduce Goldman's characteristics that he talks about when it comes to emotional intelligence, they really get it. You know, they're like, oh, I get why. I need to have self-awareness in order to be a good leader. I understand why social skills are important. Um, and you can just hear the bell right now, possibly, as classes are about to switch. We're actually heading into our community period. so It's um, a day in a life. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so you may hear some, some loudness in the hallway. I tried to find the quietest place in the, in the school, but that doesn't really exist during the day. <laughs> okay. Totally good. Um, but yeah, so we, we really focus on those six characteristics and ground everything we do in that, uh, which I think provides some uh, kind of connection throughout all four years of the program that, and we can always go back, see, I saw that you were really showcasing empathy, or maybe you could have been a little more self-aware on how you handled that, or, you know, are you aware of your surroundings? Are you, you know, are you using self-regulation by, you know, bringing your phone out in the middle of class or, or things like that? And so we are kind of like constantly calling out those skills um, when we see them to reinforce how important they are to leadership. Yeah, that's a great rubric. It really is. And, they, and it's one they understand, I'm sure. I always, um, when I teach, I, I start with the self. And it sounds like, is this a, is his work, uh, it's been a while since I've read Goldman, is it, is it on a continuum as you learn it or are they just pillared characteristics? So those are um, pillared characteristics, but then they fit into a lot of different leadership styles, um, kind of how, you know, how they can kind of fit into anything, right? Um, and there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of at least how we approach his framework. Well. He's a great thought leader. Those of you who haven't encountered Goldman, check it out. Um, are there any student stories that really kind of jump out at you as um, kind of exemplary of the work that that has happened since y'all have started these seminars? Yeah, I um, there's a particular group I'm thinking about. Um, the juniors that we worked with first quarter this year that really impressed me. Um, we were doing this activity that we actually did as part of our certification with our faculty and staff uh, that Heidi and Jeremy brought to us over the summer, the, the tallest tower um, challenge, where you get, I think it's like 20 pieces of raw spaghetti, um, like you know, uncooked spaghetti, uh, a marshmallow, and some tape. Right, and you have to create the tallest structure possible, um, which is a lot harder than it looks. And actually, I think when we did it as adults, no one got over like six inches or something. Like it was, <laughs> it was really, it was really, um, you know, a bummer for the adults, especially those in the, you know, maybe the STEM world who thought you know, <laughs> they were going to conquer it. Uh, and then we give it to our students, and I would say probably a third of them got over 20 inches, 
which was so cool. <laughs> and and, and it, we find that to be a, a recurring theme when we do activities like um, the, you know, the very uh, infamous helium stick. You know, the students always get it like so much faster than the adults do because they are just like honed in and working together and so cohesive. Uh, not to say that our staff isn't, but it's just a totally different mindset. And so um, there was one group who was just so innovative and they decided that, you know, they were going to find some place. We were in the gym when we were doing this project and they found this um, hinge on a door that was kind of like sticking out. And they decided they were, oh, you also have a string in this, in this situation. There's a string in the tallest tower. And they used the string to tie the top to the hinge and then create basically like a seven foot structure. <laughs> now, it was ingenious and they decided on this in like the last two minutes of the challenge. They, you know, had, they decided they were gonna scrap what they'd done and do this other thing. Now, unfortunately, they did not win because it was not freestanding. It was supported by this hinge, but they were so proud of themselves. I told them if they could make me a good argument for why it's freestanding, that maybe I would, you know, let the, the rule be a little flexible, but they couldn't give me quite the best argument for it. But I said <laughs> they got, you know, the prize for the most innovative um, and really just how much, you know, somebody said something and they all said, you know what, forget what we were working on before, this is a better idea, let's pivot. And they all had a good attitude about it. Um, and it was just so cool to see them all working together. And nobody was like, well, no, like I wanna work on what I was already doing. You know, there's, you know, there's a lot of sometimes that sunk cost fallacy of like, well, we're almost done and we put all this time and effort into, into this, we might as well just keep going. And they decided, no, we had a better idea, we're gonna take a risk and it kind of paid off for them. That's awesome. And that's a good reminder, like thinking outside of the yeah. box, um, yeah. you know, let, let, yeah. letting other ideas flow. And I think that's, that's, you know, I love working with students and, and parents, if you're out there listening, I mean, just kids, I, I think just, it's so refreshing the, the ways that they are able to think outside of Absolutely. the box and innovate. I mean, it just, I think we, I'm always having to remind myself that I too am a learner and they are often very wise beyond their years teachers so absolutely and and we always obviously debrief afterwards you know try to pull out what are the real world implications of this you know seemingly silly task and they can always really pinpoint it which is fantastic you know i could even think one of the students in that group earlier in the year we were talking about goals and just how you how you reach a goal um, what your long-term goals are, and this one particular student, who I think was the one to say, hey, let's try this new thing, her goal was just to leave this school with people remembering that she was kind and, like, a, a welcoming and warm person. And I was, I almost cried when she said this, you know, because, you know, we all, you know, want to get into that college or you want to get that, you know, award at the end of the season or something like that or highest general average, whatever it may be. But she really could hone in and say, like, I just want to be known as a good person. And that's a fantastic goal that I think all of us should have. So, to, yeah, sometimes they just really wow you and you're, you're blown away, which is, it's really nice. Oh, and what hits me on that is, is, is the word just. I mean, it is hard to sometimes be a nice, kind person in this world. Yeah. I think that's a huge goal 
achievable for sure, but it's um, to to be that person um, and have that as a goal is is I think what yes. our world needs right now. I mean, it's you know I, that is incredible, and that is an enormous amount of awareness. So yeah. Really, really cool. Well, let's pivot a bit and um, let's talk about your research and kind of where you're heading with this program and uh, what what you kind of what's next. Yes. So I just had my second draft of my proposal for my research project due, um, and I my topic which I'm, I'm glad has been kind of well-received, um, and I, I think I'm, I'm sticking with it at this point in my, in my process, is um, the effect that our leadership programming at Gwinnett has on our students and kind of into the future. So at first, I wanted to focus on the seminar period, which because I teach, I'm a little too close to the topic. Um, so I decided to pivot a little bit and go towards some of our other leadership programming that my colleagues Jen and Caitlin work on. Um, I work, my main, my main focus is seminar period and our mentorship program, uh, which is for our seniors where they all get paired up with an alumna mentor for their senior year. But there's a whole slew of other programs that we have here, our lead council, our leadership development committee, our lead for change program. Um, there's just, there's a lot of options. And so um, I'm planning to kind of spend, especially my, my next semester, uh, studying the students, um, their, how they feel like these programs are helping them um, talk to the teachers, see how they're seeing the improvement in the classroom, and then also talk to our alumni, which is nice since that is also part of my job here um, as the alumni director, to see how those ha- who have been through these programs are really benefiting and what they're seeing, you know, the effect that it has in college. And we've heard from a lot of them already, you know, that they're ahead of the game a little bit in some of their college classes or with their classmates on um, just things to prepare them for their future and they they feel more competent when they get there and we're also hearing that the reason that a lot of prospective students are sending their students here is because or prospective families I should say are sending their students here is because of our leadership programming so I want to be able to study that and really see what the true effect is um, and you know how we can even improve uh, as we go forward. Well I absolutely cannot wait to have you back on the podcast because I think you know, we we know that leadership is vital. We know that it's it's worthy of study. I think sometimes the measurables are are hard because yeah. you know you, you've got quantitative and qualitative examples to look at. And I think um, I'll be interested to know how you how you how you do measure it. Um, it's that's, absolutely that's tough, but very very exciting. Um, yeah. Are there any last minute kind of words of wisdom to those listening, um, either about getting um, kind of getting motivated to pursue an advanced degree in leadership or or even looking at how to build a program, big or small, in one school? Yeah. So I I think especially when it comes to pursuing this advanced degree, it's not something I ever expected I would do. Honestly, I hadn't even it until I went to GCLI's leadership lab um, and talked to some of um, the, the staff there about you know what my goals might be in the future and and just really started to consider like is this something I really want to do uh, and 
am I capable of doing it too because of that imposter syndrome that I, you know, bubbles up every once in a while. I think it's natural. Uh, but I'm feeling much more confident in my time there because I feel like I'm really able to contribute. And my experiences up until this point do line up with a lot of the things that we're talking about. And, and leadership, right, is, like I said, I'm a communicator. And a lot of that is just being able to communicate with people and, and to connect with people. And so um, I would say don't be afraid if you think that it's not something that you have the experience to do, because I would say, and, and thankfully I was told by our program director, Steve Pilch, you know, when I got accepted and I had not accepted my acceptance yet, and I, I was on the phone with him and said, I don't know if I'm the right person for this. And he said, you know, you were meant to be here. Um, and, you know, they would not be you know, putting their faith in me if they didn't think I was fully capable of doing it. So I would say that would be a big word of wisdom. And then in terms of building a program, um, we're very lucky here at Gwened that when you say I want to try something, you know, like this mentorship program that um, we started three years ago, um, it was a, a kind of a collaboration of three of us, me, Jen, and Caitlin, saying we think we can do this. Um, and they just said, okay, try it. And every year it changes a little bit. Every year there's a totally new, um, you know, way of looking at things based on the feedback. We're constantly asking for feedback and very much not only asking for it, but actually reading it and implementing it. Um, and so, and that's a big, you know, part of GCLI too. Uh, so we, you know, we're constantly taking risks, pivoting, seeing, you know, where we could be doing better, admitting our mistakes, <laughs> and um, and trying to just, you know, do, do what's best for our, our students. So um, don't be afraid in that sense to take a risk, and, and hopefully you have a great uh, leadership at your school that they'll allow you to do that. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of research out there, too, that can kind of back up the importance of these mm -hmm. programs. Um, and so as I'm reading, and actually one of the, the authors of one of the studies I was reading is a GCLI uh, staff member as I was doing my, um, my most recent draft of my, my research project, Kelsey uh, Twist Schroeder was uh, one of the authors. And I thought, oh my gosh, I better read her whole <laughs> dissertation to include in my, in my work. And it's been really great just to see the connections of all of these different areas that I'm working in um, come together and really prove that what we're doing here is meaningful and it is important. And hopefully at some point it won't be unique, um, right. just a few schools, but something that is typical everywhere. I, I agree. I hope so too. Well, it has been a delight to talk to you. I hear I hear those students buzzing in the halls. Um, thank you for taking your time out of your work day to do this. They are lucky to have you and the world is lucky to have Gwyneth. Thank you for all that y'all are doing over there and good luck with your continued studies. Great. Thank you, Bertie. Thank you. Thank y'all for joining us today and we'll see you in two weeks time. Until then, visit us at gcliadership.org and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You'll find all of our links at the bottom of our podcast. And until then, lead on. <laughs>